welcome back to episode 18 of Down Under the Ring podcast. I am your host, The Warship, and today we are going to get into it. We're going to get into Drew McIntyre turning into a heel. We're going to get through the damage control growth. And also, Logan Paul with the US title on. Fid, how do you feel? Oh, feeling good, dude. Feeling good. And uh, people may be noticing the we're in week two of the PG era. And uh, mm-hmm. we're taking advantage of the fact that we've got a BP machine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the f*** you're talking about. I'm just talking like a normal Australian. It is exactly how we do. But it has been a wild week for me. I know it's been a crazy week for you. Tell us about it. Oh, look, crazy week, work stuff, family health stuff, and uh, trying to get some time to watch some wrestling at the same time. And saying that, it's funny how easy it is to find time for wwe now because i just know wwe is going to be good i have been in the exact same boat the thing is boat because i'm a warship the issue really has become is that i watch everything because that's what our job that's what we do here but when it comes time for AEW, man, I'm dragging my feet so much. The thing is, like, it used to be for me getting up on a Saturday to watch SmackDown. I'd drag myself out of bed. I'd watch it. I'd doze off to sleep a couple of times, all that sort of thing while I was watching it. I'd have to go back and rewatch bits and pieces. And then I was excited on Sunday for Collision. It's the complete opposite yeah. now. I'm watching it, but I'm not excited as much as I was in the CM Punk era. Man, I miss him, all right? I don't care. Yes, I know. I'm a big mark for him at the moment, but I miss him, all right? I miss what it is. I am so excited for the potential of this Survivor Series CM Punk return right now that I just, man, it is such a ball drop. It really is. You can't tell me it's not. I know he's a scumbag. I know he's a big piece of shit that everyone wants to pile in on but holy hell, man, this guy. He genuinely made the program, yeah, 100%. He genuinely made the program better. And as we said, when Collision first launched for the first few weeks, you could tell that it was his show. You could tell he was driving that show, and the show was good. It was a good thing. It was a good thing. We didn't know what we had mm. until we didn't have it. And... Honestly, I know this isn't even on our notes, and I say that every week, but I honestly hope that all this speculation about CM Punk not coming to uh, WWE is just a bait and switch. Because can you imagine? Imagine. Oh, that pop? That pop would be huge. Although rumour and speculation is that it's not that WWE don't want him, it's that... It's more of a in case of emergency break glass situation with them. It's like a they don't need him to sell tickets at the moment. They don't need him because they're selling tickets, they're selling pay per views, viewerships at the best it's been in years, and all that sort of thing. It's more of a let's hold up until we absolutely need him and then bring him in. And honestly, business wise, it's smart. It is. It is. But. Break the glass, man. Honestly, break the glass. I know that you don't need him, and I know that you've got so much else going on, and I know he will throw everything into turmoil, yeah. absolutely everything into chaos. I don't know if we've considered this. Why couldn't he Why couldn't he come to NXT? Oh, Shawn Michaels had said he would take him in a heartbeat. I think that would be huge, especially with it changing networks. Yeah. If you put him at the front of that, like you did with ECW, oh my goodness. Hey, talking about changing networks, how right were we on last week's episode when we were talking about the NXT situation? I mean, the NWA situation, sorry. It was, we'd just heard the rumor and it was literally 24 hours later, NXT's announced to be on the CW and NWA looks like they've lost everything. Oh, I'd say poor Billy, but after reading into it a little bit, dumb, dumb Billy. Billy, dumb Billy, and that sucks. But you know what doesn't suck, <laughs> and that was the best segue. What doesn't suck is this heel turn, man. We've been waiting for it. Everybody has been saying this guy. The second his contract is up, he is f- 
rocking off into the sunset. He's going to go back to ACW and that will be all there is to it. But Drew McIntyre turning heel today. Oh, my God. Isn't it good to see Raw back on top as well as a show? Raw has been the B show for a while and this was a good episode of Raw. It was good. (coughs) I watched it all and I was happy to do it. Uh, there was a big time there where I just didn't want to do it yeah. at all. Like, Smackdown, fine. And I really... Smackdown has always been awesome. Yeah. It, there, there has been very few time from the Smackdown 6 to now where it hasn't just been incredible to watch. It always has the best storylines. Mm. It's always engaging. It's a shorter show. Well, it was in the past. Yeah. So it, it, it's crisper. It's snappier. Yeah. It's everything that we want. But Raw used to be the big dog, yeah. right? It used to be the ooh-ah big dog, especially during the whole Now get the count, the track for my generation to take the fall. That era of mm-hmm. Raw, my God, the best era of Raw. But it's starting to pick up, man. I am sitting there on the edge of my seat every single Yeah, time. it's my second screen while I'm working now. Yep, and I am on my phone, but no, I'm definitely checking results, and the second I get home, it's the first thing I yeah. watch, because I am a nosy little bitch when it comes to it, and I have to know what's happening, even if I'm not allowed to watch it, and this one was no different. A lot of things happened on Raw, and it doesn't feel like it. If you sat there with an objective eye, you'd probably be like, eh, it's a pretty cursory Raw. But if you sat there and you actually take time mm. to really dig into it, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. We saw DIY. We, we saw the Alpha Academy maybe getting in and having some new friends. There was so much little nuance to yeah. it. And also JD McDonough, big news there as well, which we'll cover in a moment, but I really want to talk about this Drew thing. Because they've been because- slowly burning towards this one. Man, we've been waiting because at the end of the day, you're right. Everybody on the internet there, all the smart marks, everyone, you're right. It does look like a situation where he's about to into the sunset and that's all we've got because if I was Drew during all of this, I'd be pissed too. If it were me, I would feel like they're not utilising literally the biggest, strongest, nastiest looking asshole on the roster when you should be. But to their credit, this is the Triple H era. And he said it before, don't think that we're not working towards things. Don't think that because a build is slow, it's not a build. We've seen it with LA Knight. We're seeing it with Drew McIntyre now. I am ready. On Raw today, uh, Damian Priest got into a bit of a tissy. They had a bit of a fight with Sami Zayn, Mm a bit of an argument there. And he just blurted out, I'm the leader of the Judgment Day. And he said that, and then Rhea bloody Ripley's, oi, man, get And then this whole thing happened. I would a million percent back Drew as the leader of the Judgment Day. Oh, okay. Have have him... I would. Yeah. He's the big host. Look at DX Formula. Mm. You've got the New Age Outlaws in Priest and Bala. You've got... The, you, you've got the X-Park in Dominic Mysterio. Yep. You've got the China in Rhea Bloody Ripley. You need a Triple H. You do. And that's Drew McIntyre. And that's, and that's not JD? <laughs> <laughs> JD can be... Oh, no, I was going to say Rick Rude, but that's a bit of an offensive thing to Rick Rude. JD can be Hornswoggle. There you go, during the <laughs> DX era there. <laughs> but the, the brilliant part about what they did today with the... I'm the leader of the uh, Judgment Day thing, is they actually went against what would normally be done in pro wrestling, right? So normally somebody says something like that in a crew or in a uh, stable, and it's we're building towards uh, you know the breakup or the conflict or whatever, and that becomes what they play off for the next three months. Uh, yeah, you'd have someone looking at them like a side eye, yeah. like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be shown. But this time, they didn't do that. They did him owning up and being like, yeah, no, I probably shouldn't have said that. I messed up and owned it and then was forgiven and told that's leadership material. We're going to make you the leader for Survivor Series. Yeah, it was really weird, but in a good way. Yeah. You know, Rhea's, oi man, like demons. And that's a joke that only a handful of people will understand. Uh, but she's, oi man, like what you said is true. We need leadership. Yeah. We need a leadership right now. 
as we move into war games. And hell, it should be you. So, yes, take the ball and run with it. But I would be really surprised to see Drew McIntyre at the leash of Rhea Ripley. Oh, I would be really surprised to see Drew not take on that role I, of the Triple I, H. I would almost think if there is going to be a clash of egos as who is the leader of Judgment Day, it's not going to be Priest and Drew. It's going to be Drew and Rhea. Yeah. yeah. And look, because give us, has fallen if, into his spot there. I say, if there's a breakup or if there's a clash, give us that fight. Drew versus Rhea. All day. <laughs> Legitimately, I'm not even saying that as a bit. I think it would be an amazing match. Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. But I can also see a China and Triple H motif out of Rhea Ripley and Drew McIntyre. I can see them break away into a duo at some point oh, as yeah. well. Can you imagine what that would do for Drew as far as elevation goes? Oh, 100%. And right now he needs it. But that guy, I am all in for Drew McIntyre to be the next WWE champion. Look, I've like, he's been there for so long since the pandemic where I know last week we said that they need to stop telling that story because they're just going to burn it out. But legitimately, he arguably held that title and had an awesome shot with it, but just didn't have a chance to run with it and be a proper champ. And I have zero issues with him eventually getting that title next year. Don't get it twisted. I legitimately think that, yes, I know it's drawn out, but I think that he held the company on his shoulders. Oh, between, Not between him and Bailey? Just the championship. Yeah. Bailey was the other one who worked her ass off during that era. Yeah. Oh, she's still got that ass, but <laughs> she definitely worked it pretty hard. Oh, my God. The amount of Twitter pages that follow me at the moment that just constantly share just, like, the most, like, lewd and illicit and voyeuristic videos of Bailey getting in and out of the ring. <laughs> I don't follow them back. I just want to make that yeah. clear. I'm a good, innocent boy. I don't do that. That's... That's illegal. But, yeah, it's definitely become more and more of so, a thing as the years have gone by. So do you think Drew, and this is something that I think we're going to see more of in the Triple H era as well, like I don't think we're going to see the likes of Drew coming in, doing war games, and then bailing. Because under McMahon, we would have people come and go and turns on the crew the night after, and then that story's over. I think this is a long-term yeah. thing when it comes to Drew. Yeah, and I think this is what we're going to see uh, a lot more of during Triple H, right, is not killing a story because it's over and the opportunity's gone. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of legs in this as well, and I do think that Puppy Trips understands that as well. We've seen it with LA Knight. We've seen it with Cody Rhodes. They're playing the long game with Cody Rhodes. We've seen mm. that. I don't think that Triple H is invested in short-term story. No. Which is really good because that's what we've needed for years. 100%. Like I... We've spent so much time with, I think, the biggest failing that I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe not even that, but the one I want to speak about is the failing of the Nexus, mm-hmm. right? That was a flash in the pan and they should have been on top of the company for years. Yeah, we'll see the moment Punk uh, took over and then that... And then he went off on his own because he became the the, the megastar punk. That was the downfall of uh, the Nexus. And we've seen that time and time again whilst Vinnie Mac was in charge yep. of booking. We've seen people come and go who really should have come and can't... This is going to get clipped, isn't it? And come <laughs> again. Because at the end of the day, that's what we need. We need to see superstars being built and stay where they yep. are. The reason we don't have tangible stars anymore is because they're not allowed to become them. I did hear today that Triple H's logic for all of his superstars moving forward is each time he they go to a arena or a building they need to be bigger than they were last time they were there. And look, that's awesome. Right? And love- it might not be massive jumps each time. It might be incremental. But it's essentially look- each time they do a loop they're just a little bit more famous and more popular. A little bit more popular. A little Triple bit more H popular. is a gym bro, man. He's a gym bro. Yeah. And what we do when we go to the gym, 
someone who's back training pretty much full time, what we do when we go back to the gym is every time we do a bench press, we put a five kilo plate yep. on. Increments. Every time, every single week, we get more. Yep. And it might not be much. Some weeks it might be a 2.5. Some weeks it might be a 10. But every single week, you got to improve. And if he can apply that formula to the superstars, there is no ceiling they can't break. Oh, exactly, right. And the likes of these new stars coming through, we're actually already seeing that we're... They're not mega stars yet. They're not superstars. But they're slowly building these guys up. JD's a perfect example of this. Yeah, we've seen JD be treated like dog shit. Yeah. I can say shit, yeah, right? That's, 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 fine. that's so, fine. Okay, good. But actual treated like shit, right? And has been like mercilessly mocked, even by the judgment day, through this whole thing. And you're like, all right, cool. He's the feeder. Yeah. He's the feeder of the team. He's the guy who comes through, takes all the bumps, made to look a fool, all of that kind of stuff. But they paid it off this yeah. week. They paid it off this week when Priest came up to him and he's like, because he's got a very deep voice. But he came through and he's like, here is your jacket. Welcome to the Judgment Day. And it wasn't just like, hey, man, you're in the group now. It was like, even though he just grabbed it from the seamstress. Even though grabbed it at Hot Topic on the way into town. Yeah, yeah, even in the real world, it's just been made by someone else, preparation for But it's it. the gang mentality shit of to him saying, getting hey, a patch. Here's your colours. Yeah. This is your colours. Welcome to the gang. Yep. Let's actually do this now. And he even said, you make me mad. I don't like you. You're really annoying. But you got my back, and that's You've important. You've proven yourself. That changes the dynamic right now. Yeah. The, the, the whole dynamic for JD and Priest... The whole thing. And, you know, even afterwards, he gave him an order. You know, he's like, all right, now go get Dom and Rhea. Yep. So he was immediately put into the he's, group and but, put to work. But he's been brought into the group and he's a prospect. Yeah, and he's actually valued yeah. in it because they're a family. That's the whole yeah. gimmick. And he's earned his stripes. And that is cool. That is a really cool way of doing it. Because so often you see someone come in. I was watching a video the other day of Kevin Nash coming to the ring and announcing Shawn Michaels as a member of the NWO. And he just got his like music and he had the t-shirt on. And it was a big moment back then. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was a huge moment back then. But it lacks substance. Right? Yeah. It was by virtue of it being Shawn Michaels that it was important. But it lacks substance. Whereas this slow build, JD being treated like garbage... It really has that extra bit, and that's what we need. 100%. 100%. So, speaking of that little bit extra, roll the LA Night moment of the week. Let me talk to you. So, I was looking before, and I've got to mention it to you. Because I am a journalist now, apparently. <laughs> so I go and find my own sources. This one comes from WrestleZone.com. Go give them a look. You know you want to. They're pretty great. That's where I go for my wrestling news. When I'm not going to PW, down under for my Australian wrestling news. But go there. Have a look. Get around them. They put out an article today talking about the WWE's top merch sellers of 2023. This is of all now, the entire mind, year so far. This is the whole year. This isn't just the last few months like we've been reporting with LA Knight. This is from the start of the year to now. And in the top three is Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, and number three for the whole year. The whole year is LA Knight. Yeah. 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 Man, how massive is that? Because you have to remember, LA Knight's been hot for three months. Oh, look, I would say LA Knight's been hot for... It was... What, was the, what was the big pay-per-view after Mania? The, one... the UK pay-per-view, yeah. right? That was the big that, one. That was the one we... For him, that was where he got the big reaction. And that was the one where we wanted him to get... It was, yeah, Money in the Bank. We wanted him to win it, and we, he didn't. Yeah. So what's that? That's so, at least five months. Six, six months. months. Yeah. We'll just say, we'll call it six. Half of the year, and he's number three. That is wild. Yeah, that's, it's, that is unprecedented. It's, you could almost make it. We haven't got the exact numbers here for sales, have we? 
No. no. So we could make an assumption that if he had been on top and given the same push as Cody and Roman for the whole year, he could potentially be right up there, number one. If he was doing what he's doing now in January, he would absolutely be number yeah. one. This is coming straight from the WWE shop. Yeah. And to, look, to give you some perspective, John Cena is number four. Yeah, and, that, so and, and that's in a year, year where John LA Cena's Knight. come back and done a run. Yeah, like a big run yeah. where he's actually wrestled as well. So some perspective for that. He's four. Rhea Ripley is five. And Rhea Ripley has been hot all year. All year. All year. Seth freaking Rollins is six. And he's the world champ. And he's the world champion. The bloodline is seventh. Uh, and they have run roughshod for three years. Yeah. And LA Knight's third. And saying that the Bloodlines merch does suck. <laughs> <laughs> it's and this just is, big red This words. is coming from somebody from a, from a Pacific island. I hate mm -hmm. their merch. Yeah. But isn't it crazy to think about that? The longest running storyline in wrestling, and it's number seven. Yeah. But LA Knight, for six months of Max Dupree being dead is sitting at third place. Yeah. That's got to be celebrated. I can't wait to see what happens this time next year. Like, when we come around to November next year, how big is LA Knight? I'm going to say it now. By November next year, LA Knight will be WWE champion. Wow, okay. Some By November cl next that year, chat. Clip that be. chat. <laughs> We're not even in a chat, but clip it anyway, <laughs> because I dead set think that he will be the one to take the belt after Cody. Yep. You, so you still think Cody's the, the guy? I think that if they don't put the belt on, Cody's dead. Okay. I think that if they don't do that, there's no point in the last two years of Cody Rhodes. So this brings us... He needs the This belt. does bring us to the next point, because this week on Raw, we did get a segment with LA Knight, and he, in, in the words of worship, he is still big hungry for Roman. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? He, well, like, uh, are we building for next for year? Future? Or are we building for Mania? Or are we building for the Elimination Chamber? Rewind my words from earlier in the podcast. Triple H is building long-term investment stars. Yeah. He is building a future for the WWE yeah. in a way that hasn't been seen since he, The Rock, and Stone Cold Steve Austin were built. And this is, we haven't seen uh, that since I then. I think as a viewer that I've been back watching somewhat full-time since about 2006. And in that entire time, we haven't seen it. So as a viewer, I find it hard to get my head around sometimes that what we're doing now isn't going to be paid off in the next two months. No. Because no, you're, you're expecting it to yeah, be, yeah, right? Now. I've been like, conditioned to that now. Yes, exactly right. So now we have to look at it being a long-term investment because that's what it's becoming. What I want to see over the next couple of months, I know I said Cena. I still want to see Cena, but the SAG-AFRA thing has been resolved and he just had arm surgery. He's going to get the other arm done in a week or something. He's out for yeah. now. He might make spot appearances, but he's out. Apparently, what I want to see. Apparently, are planning something for Mania for him, but I doubt it's going to be. Okay, but we need to get to Mania, yeah. right? Oh, but what I doubt That's what I'm going to say. What I would like to see from now until January, maybe, is I want to see LA Knight in the ring cutting a promo, and then I want to hear that because Brock Lesnar is about ready to come back. This is true. Give him LA Knight. They Night. usually bring him back in time for the Rumble. Give him LA Knight at the Rumble. Have him lose to LA Knight at the Rumble. Keep him keep him where he needs to be. Because right now is critical for LA Knight. From now until Mania, you need to give him all you can. Yep. All you can. Yeah, I haven't, now, whether that's funny Lesnar... I haven't even started booking the Rumble yet in my mind. 
No, but we need to because we're in November, yeah. so we really need to start doing. It's funny that. because I, I, I've started, I've gone, I've jumped straight to elimination chamber because that's in our backyard. Everything I'm thinking about is what's happening at elimination chamber. What's happening right now that is going to lead to elimination chamber, and are we getting? Do we get LA Knight in the chamber, or do we get him versus Brock in Perth? Or CM Punk. Or CM Punk. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so would, that's the I, problem. I've like... said it before. I will sell my firstborn child. Look, he's a useless 21-year-old <laughs> now anyway. So, but, it's fine. Um, but I, I would sell my firstborn child to get tickets if we end up with Punk at Perth. I think that you are in a situation now with LA Knight where we need to see him get those big yeah. wins. Agreed. And we've got time. Not much, but we've got time. Build him to Mania. I still think if it's possible, the end game is John Cena versus LA Knight at WrestleMania. I love it. But if we can't have that, he needs as big a star. Who's bigger than Brock Lesnar? Who's bigger than CM Punk? Nobody. Nobody. And can you imagine the promo back and forth with Punk and LA Knight? Oh, my God. My God. He could just be recycling all of his conversations with The Rock. And it would make sense. Since I left, it's just this. You've just made another one. Yep. Or Lesnar, I killed that version of wrestling. It was me, and now you're back. There are so many things you can do in the build-up for it. And if we can't have Cena, I would take either of those two. But LA Knight, right now, until Mania, he needs to be as strong as he can be if he has any chance. Because really, at the end of the day, with the Cody Rhodes situation, which has to happen, has to, written in stone, has to happen, you need something for LA Knight if you want to build a star after Absolutely this. agreed. Absolutely agreed. Zero notes. Speak. Zero notes. Yeah. Look, like we said, amazing episode of Raw this week, but also this weekend, SmackDown. We had a banger of a week on SmackDown as well. What a good SmackDown. But the big one for me, dude, was one, awesome seeing an all-women's final match. Main event. Main event. And it it felt like a weird lineup going into it. So we had damage control versus... We had the three-way coming in the main event. It was damage control versus Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and Bianca Belair. And the lineup felt really weird going into it. Like earlier in the episode, essentially, we had this crew come together on the top of the stage and... Right from the get-go, it felt really weird. But when the match happened, first we get Asuka turns on them and she joins Damage Control. And we've now got arguably the strongest female heel team that in recent memory. It's super Damage Control. It's, yeah. Like, it is insane. I've been calling them new Damage and- Control, but... It's an amazing lineup, right? And somebody pointed out to me the other day that not only is it the first massively strong team that we've had, but there is not one European woman in this team. Yeah, it's interesting. So literally all of them are from a minority group. Which is really cool. It is really cool. And they can all wrestle. Every single one of them. So yeah, Kabuki Warriors reunited with... Damage control. And my big thing is, I really hope that this isn't just for SummerSlam. Like, I want this team to go for a while. I feel like we're going to see a Kabuki Warriors break away. Like, that was the feeling I got at the pay-per-view, that Bailey had no idea what was going on. Oh, correct. And she was visually shocked when Asuka turned. So I think that this is a power play with EO Sky, having sat there. Because if you remember back when EO was originally pitched for the title matches, it was done outside of Bailey's jurisdiction. Correct. 
there was a lot of talk in the promos where EO was like, no, I'll do it. And Bailey's like, excuse me? What the f are you talking about? Yeah. There was a lot of that. The, the thing that and I did I notice. I feel like what we're going to see. The thing that I did notice, though, is Dakota Kai looked like she knows what's going on. Yeah, which I think again is interesting, but I think that we're going to see a power struggle occur from here. I think that eventually we're going to see the Kabuki Warriors fully reformed as just them. And I do think that this will spill the end of our damage. Do, do we see a Kabuki Warriors trio instead of the duo, though? I think yeah, we do. So we've got EO, Asuka and Kyrie together as a team. It gives Asuka something to do if Asuka's widening down yeah. as well. And that's the thing, is is that I can see Asuka in more of a managerial role slash still wrestling well, role. Well, the thing is, people have been saying the same thing about Bailey as well. Bailey's getting mm -hmm. a bit short in the tooth as well, age-wise as well. And not even talking like, as a woman, like back in the day we would have said, she's getting to that time where she's starting to wind down like most of the wrestlers of her generation i would still like to see one more hug run if i'm honest with oh. you i'd like to see a face run from bailey from here mostly because i think that if you were going to run the four horsewoman back you have the position where you can now except obviously no sasha banks I wouldn't be surprised if we see Sasha come back. Yeah, Sasha did say, and this is something we don't have on our notes either, but Sasha did say that Sasha won't be wrestling until 2024, but she already has a company that she's going to wrestle for that yeah. year. This could be the final run. I know that we said we'd never see Sasha Banks back, but never That was never. also before Triple H was back at the helm and Vince was put into semi-retirement again. Before he was officially out. Yeah. yeah, so there's definitely potential there, I think. And I wouldn't be mad. Can you imagine? It would give Charlotte Flair something to do so she's not so f stale. 100%. Because she's quite honestly the most stale person on the product right now. Undeniably. Yeah, agreed. I do not want to watch a Charlotte Flair wrestling. I, I groan I every time she returns. Bored. Yes, I'm done with it. There's got to be something. And look, I like Charlotte as a wrestler. Charlotte is awesome. But Charlotte needs something that isn't the same bullshit that we've seen forever. Yep. Charlotte comes in, wins the belt, loses the belt, gets pissy and yep. leaves. And it's the same story. We need more. We need more. And that's it. Um, look. Let, let, let's move on to some exciting, interesting news. Because I'm going to get hot. Yeah, oh, no. This one here I think we're both going to get excited and hot over is we saw the title change. The US title, mm -hmm. it is now on Logan Paul. and So good. This week has proven exactly why that was a great move. He has been all over media whether it be social media, whether it be on his brother's vlogs, whether it's just UFC, UFC fights. fights. He's been everywhere with that title. And my first reaction is, you can tell he's proud to have that title. Mm -hmm. It's not just a, yeah, he's taken the piss a wee bit this week. But you can also tell he's stoked to have it. Oh, yeah, a million percent. And it really shows because it's been everywhere. Like, since becoming US champion, he's not been shot without yeah. it. I'm fairly sure there's no video of him where he's not holding the belt or talking about the also, belt. Also, is this the first TKO crossover we've seen where a WWE belt has been seen on UFC? The first one since the merger, yeah. yes. Oh, so has it happened before? No, not since, but I'm sure in the past you've had, like, hey, look at me, I'm the champion in the crowd. But I don't even, I can't even confirm that in my yeah. mind. But it's really interesting because obviously TKO are fully behind it. 100%. They are probably the ones who suggested it, if I'm honest yeah. with you. And I think that it's a really good move. Although, that being said, Big Papa Trips has said to Logan, hey, do not f with the belt. And then Logan Paul has come out and said, I'm not supposed to say this, but I have totally f 
with the belt on. I have totally showered with the belt on. There are pictures <laughs> with him butt <laughs> naked on the internet showering He's, with the belt and on. That wasn't even behind so, the paywall. No, no. So I think it's a great publicity stunt. I think that obviously. Are, are you going to recreate that photo on the Patreon or? Excuse me. Sorry, I don't what? have a Patreon. What? Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I already have. But no, seriously, it is the best move forward. This is taking the celebrity status of anybody to the next level in a way we've not seen. No, no, I mean... We've seen celebrities come and go through wrestling. We've had Drew Carey <laughs> give Kane money to get eliminated, not get eliminated from the Rumble. We've seen so much. We've seen Stephen Armel be the arrow. We've seen Snooki backflip. We've seen it all. But... This is the next uh, level. Don't like, just glaze over Snooki, the third best celebrity to ever grace up. WWE <laughs> ring. Oh, it makes me so <laughs> mad. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in all honesty, it is such a good move. I could talk about this thing for hours because Logan Paul, it's where it should be. The belt is where it needs to be right now. I can't wait to see who he loses it to. I hope it's not just like a flash in the pan run where he loses it to Rey Mysterio again down yep. the line. I really hope that he is in it for the long haul because the dude is an actual superstar. He is a WWE wrestler. He is a wrestler. We've, it is we have said this numerous times over the last month. But yeah, he is a professional wrestler, and it's just so natural to him. And I tweeted today, I hate how much I love him as a heel. Yeah, because he's a perfect heel. The dude was in the stupid forest and took the video and has been widely hated all over the yeah. internet. As someone who's been a content creator for the last three years, as someone who's worked in content management, hmm. you know this as well. He is a real-life heel. 100%. And you apply that to wrestling, you've got the People perfect People want match. to hate the guy I already, would... and he knows it. I already hate him, and I know he's good. Yeah. I know he's good at what he does. 50 million subscribers, you can't deny yeah. it. It's undeniable. And the worst bit is, for those purest wrestlers, is he gets in the ring, and he absolutely f He does. Yeah. He does. He's good in the ring. People will complain about the last match not being awesome, but look at his but timing. This is a, look at what he 100%. does. 100%. So that was a good match, right? That was a really good celebrity match. It's just we're now putting that bar up against everything else he's ever done. Was it a good celebrity match or was it a good wrestling match? It was a good match? wrestling match. It was a good... That's what I'm saying. And, and he saved a legend's life. <laughs> And again, yeah, exactly right. It is better than things we've seen from seasoned veterans. Yeah. Actually better. It is beyond a shadow of a doubt at this point that he belongs here. He belongs with the US title around his waist at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely. And look, it's only a matter of time before, like we said last week, that every single episode of Impulsive is going to end up with that title front and centre on the coffee table every single episode, which is, like you said, what did you say, 50 million followers or something? That is... Yeah, 51 million followers. That's good for business. It is ridiculous. And look, one thing I did want to touch on with Impulsive is in a world where kayfabe is dead, like, and I mean completely dead, we all know it's uh -huh. fake, we all know we've, we cut our heads to make ourselves bleed, we all know all the tricks. Even the aspirin thing has been, like, spoiled. Everyone knows everything about wrestling. It's just how it is. The dirt sheets are where you go to find out about wrestling before it happens. You know, it's Are you saying that the great Mooter did not actually save a baby over the weekend by spitting green mist into its <laughs> face and then feeding it a green that, bottle? That was okay. real. I just okay. have to say that. That particular instance okay. was real. But in a world where kayfabe is dead... Seeing Logan Paul on Impulsive with the people he's about to feud with, is it too much? Is it too... Yeah. So, running it back over the last few months, who has he had on the show? He's had Rey Mysterio on the show. He's he had is. The Miz on the show. It, 
And Seth Rollins yeah. as well, which again, there, there was, was, a there was there. stuff yep. there. There was a rivalry there. It does feel like every time someone goes on Impulsive, they end up in a match. And I think that's cool, but I think that this is a little bit of a learning curve for Logan Paul because it's probably what he's been told mm-hmm. to do by WWE, and I get that. But at the same time, I want to see it feel more serious, more real. Yeah. So even though we know it's fake, we know it's a show, we still, I guess when it comes to kayfabe and it comes to wrestling, as a wrestler, I know it's fake. As a fan, you know it's fake. But if you come to me after a wrestling match and you say, my brother, you got messed up, you won, but you bled everywhere, and what are you going to do now? This guy, he's pissed you off. He beat you up after the match. And what are you going to do now? I'm not going to say, oh, we had a beer. It's all good. We're backstage hanging out. I'm going to say, I'm going to find him and I'm going to f- his family. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to put everything forward like a wrestling match, like it's real to you. Absolutely. In that moment, kayfabe's real. Yep. All right. Because I'm never going to say to a fan, oh, we just went out for beers afterwards. I want to finish this ring pack up so we can go and get on the beers. I'm not going to say that to a fan. I'm going to say, oh, man, you know, you got the best of me this show. You really did. You made me bleed. And it it sucks. But you come back next month. You come back next month and watch what I do to him. Because that's the... I know exactly where he's going to be in a month's time and I'm going to be there too. And you feed yeah. into it as a fan. Oh, you 100%. feed into that. Love part that. Of, like you say, kayfabe is dead and absolutely agreed. But part of being a fan is the fact that, and it's the same as going to watch a Marvel movie. I know Tom Hiddleston isn't Loki, but I bought into every single episode of Loki season one and two because yep. I want to. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. And it's the same with wrestling. You want to believe, even though it's not real, you yep. want to believe. You want to believe that I'm going to be in the car park waiting for him to come out after my match. Absolutely. That's what you want to believe. And that's the beauty of wrestling. So I think that there's a little bit there as far as a learning curve for Logan Paul from this yeah, point. Yeah, look, and as a fan, and this does come back to the whole kayfabe thing and being us all being smarter as fans, we start picking up on patterns. And if the pattern is there that... If the pattern is there that he is going to be interviewing everybody who ends up being his rival, we're going to pick up on that as a fan and go, oh, that's clearly who he's fighting next. Yeah, because you build into it. No one here thinks that LA Knight is actually mad at Roman Reigns. But you build into it. No one thinks that Cody Rhodes is avenging Dusty. Also, by the way, did you know, breaking news, everybody, Breaking news, I just found out, I don't know if you know this or not, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, mm-hmm. is actually the father no. of Cody Rhodes. You're kidding me. Right? <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, and I thought he was just going through hard times for no reason. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Oh, I had to put that in. I had to put that in. I was having a conversation with my friend earlier. Actually, Jim Ray's the professional yeah. wrestler I put over all the time. <laughs> and I was like, man, I don't know if you know this or not, but Cody Rhodes, actually the son of Dusty Rhodes. So because we're still seeing it every week, we're still seeing it every week. I don't know if you picked up on it this week, but Cody, as he was talking about war games, he took a moment, he looked up, yeah, had a bit of a smile. <laughs> it's like, Brother, we get it. We wait, get it. Wait, it's okay. it all makes sense. Who invented war games? Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand, they are a subculture. OG Nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, 
humble beginnings and heroes. OG Nerd strives to offer quality, comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming, music and street art. I've worked with OG Nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance. Whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention, you'll be hard pressed to find a better armour for your rig. Get yours at ognerdlife.com. All right, now it's time to talk all about some AEW, the world of Tony Khan, the dreamland. It's where WWE superstars go to better their careers and do amazing things. You mean where they go to die? Lately, yeah. So, look, we talked about it at the top of the show. It's I've gone myself from being the AEW mark to barely being able to get through an episode lately. And on last week's episode, I did big Tony to pull it together. And look, we've got a pay-per-view coming up. Full Gear is in a week or so's time. And usually they're pretty good at resetting after a pay-per-view. I know this pay-per-view is going to be a banger because even going into a shit build, Tony somehow knows how to create bangers of pay-per-views. Look, it's one thing we've said this whole time. Despite how we currently feel about the product... One thing that Tony can do is build the pay-per-view. Yeah. He can build them at the last minute, but the show... Yeah, it's... <laughs> the show is... It's at the very last second, but the show is the awesome. The show is awesome. It's eight hours of awesome, but it's awesome. <laughs> but we've we got some interesting stuff happening this week. CJ Perry, she has been hanging around for a while. The former anal, I mean the, Lana. The former Lana has been hanging around for a while. Hasn't done a hell of a lot, but we finally saw her this week signing her first talent as a manager and genuinely surprised with the signing. Andrade El Idolo. Look, the thing is, for me personally, is I'm interested to see CJ Perry sign a talent that she's not fucking. Obviously, she's beautifully married to Miro, and that's a thing that exists in perpetuity. I love them as a couple. I'm all about that. But one thing that made me upset during the WWE run was the Bobby Lashley thing. So I really hope, hope that they don't turn this into some bullshit where CJ is on the sly sleeping with Andrade and... I really hope that it becomes just this manager and wrestler thing from yeah. here. Because I really like the pairing, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, look, I'm just more surprised because we've had Andrade doing his own thing with his own faction, and that just seems to have been forgotten about. Is it good, though? Oh, no. I don't think Andrade's entire run with AEW has been good. I don't think so either. I think it has been boring mm. and stale. He's an amazing wrestler, but I do not give a flying about him at all yeah, at correct. the moment. Look, if they're able, like, if they're able to do something that turns Andrade around and makes him a main event player again, even upper mid card, I'd be stoked. But the dude deserves to be the man. If I'm honest oh, with you, I agree. Like he is so good and. I know that there are always comparisons when it comes to lucha mm-hmm. wrestlers. There are always comparisons there. Obviously, the big one is Alberto Del Rio without all of the... Yeah. But at the same time, I think that whilst we have that comparison, if you look at his work, his standalone work as a wrestler, Andrade is the freaking guy, man. He's so good. His timing is phenomenal near perfect Mm. he knows how to build a match he knows how to work he can cut promo he looks good he's handsome he has every and he 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 even has a way of making his accents work for him yeah absolutely because i listen to him talk and he gives me godfather no not godfather scarface vibes yeah and look that gives me razor ramon vibes as well and for me man sign me up Sign me up. I want that. Obviously, in a world where WWE exists and there are only limited spots and AEW also only has limited spots, you do got to wonder what he can actually do with that. But the dude, man, he can run the upper mid card. Does AEW have 
limited spots though because they keep hiring like they're running low on talent they do <laughs> but it doesn't seem to freaking matter they, uh, because they still keep hiring they added a new female talent to the roster last week and i genuinely and i'm sorry to any fans out there i have and i'm i like to consider myself a bit smarter than the average fan i'm clearly not smart enough to know who she was i had no idea who she was was not on my radar and look that's the problem is as we've spoke about this for months is that when it comes to hiring new talent and collecting them all my brother in Christ, Tony Khan, this is not Pokemon. You do not have to catch them all. You do not have to fill your Pokedex. You have got already one of the best, one of the strongest rosters in the history of wrestling. We don't need more. Yeah, we did, we, we we did see Anna Jay leave the roster this week as well, though. I did see that. I did and see I'm, that. Look, happy for her because she hasn't been utilized well for a while. And that's the problem. I could say that about everybody. There are so many talents. And if your name isn't John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, or MJF, what are you doing? Yep. Well, you're lucky to be booked. You're Darby Allen, Sting, Samoa Joe. I just listed pretty much the entire roster we see on a week to week basis. Absolutely. Um, it yeah. sucks. Look, while we're talking about Joe, um, might I add, Game Award nominee Samoa Joe, which feels <laughs> so wild to say out loud. He had his match for the TV title, Ring of Honor TV title, against Keith Lee this week. Beats Keith Lee. And I'm like, sweet. He beat Keith Lee. Looks strong. Keith Lee actually didn't look like an idiot. It was great but instantly drops the title, which completely undid the entire match, in my opinion. What are you doing here where you've got Joe beating a monster and then saying, yeah, I don't want the belt. I want Max's belt. Yeah, Ekin does his whole run, if I'm honest with you. He's had an awesome run as TV champ. An actual excellent run. It's elevated the belt. It makes me care about the belt. Which is the first time I've given a shit about the ring of any belt for a while. Yeah, but I cared about that. And he goes, you know what? I don't care about it either. You guys are right. I want the AEW championship. And awesome. If Joe's in the actual title picture, sick. But just a weird way of doing it. Why didn't they just have Keith beat him? So weird. Yeah. Keith Lee is a phenomenal talent. And having him get squashed, or not squashed, but beaten, and then the title dropped. I just could have just put the title on Keith Lee. I would feel like the biggest piece of shit if that was me. If I had a match and I was an established talent and I looked the part and people like me and then Tony's came in, so you're going to lose. And then after you lose, Samoa Joe's just going to drop the belt. Man, I would feel like shit. Like, it, it feels like a huge disservice to Keith Lee. But to be fair, Keith Lee has not been utilised well. At all. I I think the Swerve Strickland storyline when he first came over was interesting. It just, they took too long to pay it off. What has he done since? Yeah, nothing. Dyed his hair? Yeah. And he he dyed it when he first came in. He stopped dyeing it for a while and he's dyeing it again. I I, I genuinely (laughs) don't understand. He was a huge acquisition at the time. Massive. But... There are only so many slots on television. And it is the problem when you have 400 wrestlers on the roster. This is the thing. All you have to do is look at some place like Impact TNA and look at their roster. They have a good-sized roster, reasonably-sized roster. Everybody's getting screen time. Everybody's getting good stories. Everything that happens on the show is building towards something and they've done it with having a limited roster it hasn't harmed them having a limited roster and i genuinely think the best thing tony could do for the talent is to start dropping some of these people off and let them go work the indies and make some money yep and look you think you look at it and you look at the whole picture from a whole if i look at wwe 
I know exactly who's going to be on TV every week. Yeah. If I look at AEW, I don't. But that's not a good thing. Because those people are on temporary passes. Yeah. And how can you build anything with these people when you know that unless your name is one of the ones I mentioned before, you're just not guaranteed a spot. You're not. And it sucks. Where's Miro? Probably on Collision, but I haven't watched it for ages. <laughs> I, okay, I just had a very quick look at the roster sizes between each brand. And it looks like, and I've, I've got to confirm this, but it looks like WWE is currently sitting at around about 40 talent on the main roster. AEW has 83. Jesus! So, I've, look, and this is, I've got to confirm that this is just me quickly doing a Google search, but that's double the roster size. Think about that, though. 20 talent on a show. Because yep. you've got two shows. Yep. You know, Raw and SmackDown, obviously NXT as well. I'm sure that's not counted in that bunch. But you've got 20 per show. That's mm-hmm. good. Yep. You change that to 40 per show. That's too much. Yeah. Straight up. Too much. 100%. Uh, even, yeah. And even if you're sharing them across Ring of Honor, which, who's watching Ring of Honor? How many tag team matches can you have to fit them on the roster? Half of those talent are just not getting matches. And if they're getting matches, they're not getting pushed. No. It's rubbish. It's rubbish, Tony. Tony, come on, man. It's garbage. And you know what it shows is Brian Danielson going to New Japan is perfect example of it. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about here is, is that Brian Danielson has been working super hard, top of the roster, top of the card, amazing matches. But even Brian Danielson has to go to another company to get the recognition. Oh, look, this is the thing I will say about Brian Danielson is, and I had to stop there because I always almost say Brian Daniel, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> but I think the work he has done on AEW has been amazing since he came in. I think the only reason he isn't getting top recognition is because that's where he wants to be in the card. I think he wants to be the supporting actor. He's the the best wrestler in the world. I'm not arguing with that. But straight up, the best wrestler currently wrestling on the planet. Yep. And he is relegated to these minor roles. Now, whether that is, is his decision or not, it doesn't change the fact that if you have an ace in your hole and you don't play it, what is wrong with that? To the point where they're building Wrestle Kingdom, right, around him because he never got to do it before, etc. The whole deal. But they're building this entire event around him. The championship, the company needs to be built around him. Yeah. But, like we've said... There's just not space. No. I'm getting hot, man. <laughs> I'm getting um, hot because it's unfortunate because these people who I love deserve so much. Oh, absolutely. We say that Daniel Bryan isn't getting uh, the coverage that he wants. One, I will say this before we move on, is I'm really happy for him that he's finally getting to... It's been on his his list of things he's wanted to do for a long time and being able to go over there and heal up in time for it, I'm super happy for him, especially since he's making noise about wanting to wind up his career next year. Mm -hmm. But they've also announced the Continental Classic Tournament match for World's End, which is the last pay-per-view of the year. And I can't help but look at this as the... Brian Danielson Invitational, like they have built this entire thing around him as well. He was the first person announced as being involved in it, and I feel like it is going to be a 
essentially a technical tournament to make him look awesome. And awesome. Full stars, man, because he deserves it. He should be the fixture. MJF is doing amazing, incredible things. I love MJF. Oh, I, I love MJF and everything that's going on surrounding him at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, the, fact, the fact that he's got what, five different superstars vying for that title, love it. I also love that Switchblade still has not given that belt back. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's cool, right? Having yeah. Jay White do his thing there and everything like that. But does it not feel like pedestrian a little bit? Do you oh, really this is, expect this is him the thing. to win? I feel like almost everything happening on AEW at the moment, except Max, is feeling pedestrian. Yes. Like you said it earlier, if you're not Max, what's happening? Yes. Because the most interesting things that are happening, even his backstage stuff is more interesting right now. Tell, tell me, this is the, the litmus test of you know, how AEW is doing right now. What is Adam Copeland doing right now? I don't f- know. Neither. And I should I know. I should know what Adam Copeland is doing right now. He's the he was biggest in a tag acquisition. Match. He was the biggest acquisition that AEW has gotten since CM Punk. And he's done nothing. Nothing. Hmm. Nothing. He hugged Christian. And Christian told him to go f- himself. And it was the best thing that happened in weeks. But no. Nothing. Nothing. I don't understand. Tony, we're trying to care. I really we want, want to care. To. I really we do. We want to care. <laughs> I was so happy when you were the AEW guy. I really was. And I just don't care enough to fill that void now that you're not. Look, I'm, I'm going to make an effort next week to watch Full Gear because, like I said, it's going to be an amazing pay-per-view. I have no doubt that when we come back to do the show next week, I'm going to be, let's run down the entire card. But also, will I? <laughs> but yeah, that's like, the problem. That's the problem. And yeah. it's a problem and that after that, for a and while. after that, after the pay-per-view, will I be as excited? Are you excited for more Hardy Party? Oh, no. <laughs> Couldn't give a shit about the Hardys. But that's what they're pushing right now. They're pushing yeah. the big show, who, to his credit, can barely walk. They're pushing oh. the Hardys. And this is the thing, right? As the likes of the Hardys and the big show and Sting, I love those guys. I'm a WCW guy, so Sting is always going to be my guy. And I will say this. I think Sting's run in AEW has been a hell of a lot better than his WWE run. But man, I want to remember these guys for as awesome as they were. There's value in having them backstage. There is a lot of value. <laughs> but what do we do when 60% of the roster is backstage? 100%. Like it, it all comes down to exactly what we were saying earlier. That roster is far too big, and that includes young guys and the old boys. But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com. All right, now it's time to jump into some Australian pro wrestling, some of the awesome events that are happening across Australia and New Zealand. Not New Zealand this week, but I concur. I digress. 
All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia. There can only be one. It is happening November 18th. That's this Saturday in Padstow. Tickets are available now. ACW are having Aftermath November 18th. It's the same day at ACW Academy. Details available at acwentertainment.com.au. What are you going to do? That's a huge decision to make, but that's all right. Because at the same time, we've got Dude, Where's My Ring? having the attack on seasonal and anime-based show. going to be really cool. November 24th. On top of that, we've got The Big Dog. Ooh-ah! Elimination Chamber at Optus Stadium, Perth. February 21st, 2024. Tickets on sale. Bunch of my mates have them already. Super jealous. Super keen to see it all happen. And lastly... EPW's Aussie Wrestling Super Show, February 23rd at Williton Stadium. And also, the biggest show of the year, EPW Reawakening 22, happening Saturday, 16th of December at Williton Basketball Stadium. Reawakening is WrestleMania in Australia. It's the biggest show of the year. It's going to be amazing. Huge show. Get your tickets. Go see it. I swear you'll have the best time. That is all of the Aussie wrestling we're covering this week. If you want to submit your own, let us know, please. Send us a message on X. Send me a message for sake. You all know who I am. If you're a wrestler, (laughs) you know me. Send me a message. Say, oi, man, I want to put my show on your podcast and we'll do it. I promise. That was a good show, Fid. I'm feeling really good about it. I'm feeling really good. I'm probably going to go we, have some ibuprofen later, but <laughs> we we had just the right amount of bants, just the right amount of rants, and something else that rhymes with those two words: <laughs> bants, rants, and no pants. But thank you so much for listening. Yes, you, especially you. Hey, if your mate's listening, hey, just quietly him. All right, yeah, or her. Not as cool as you, I promise. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all your support. Fid really appreciates all your support. And as always, we will see you down under the ring.